This is a Career Channel program from UC San Diego Extension. Visit us at uctv.tv slash careers for videos, employment news, and trend articles to help recent college graduates and those in career transition bridge to better employment. Welcome, everybody. My name is Edward Abeda. I'm the Associate Dean at UC San Diego Extension. And today, as we are experiencing one of the most uh, uh, interesting times with the COVID-19 pandemic, I just want to have an opportunity to reach out through the Career Channel to many of you who's going through uh, a lot of different uh, situations, both at home, at work, and so on. And in times like this in San Diego region across the country, uh, we're looking for answers and some people to help kind of navigate through this. And today, we are so pleased to welcome Peter Kallstrom, the CEO of the San Diego Workforce Partnership. And I'd like to just welcome you, Peter, for joining us today. Good to be with you, Ed. Good to see you. Now, this is not the first time you've been faced with a crisis. And so before we get into some of the things that have happened in the past and, and currently, can you tell us a little bit about the San Diego Workforce Partnership and the, the role it plays in our San Diego region? Sure. We are part of the, the public workforce system, so it's primarily funded through Department of Labor out of the federal government. And this system has been in place for well over 40, 50 years now, dating back under different acts by the federal government. And in essence, they seed fund 550 workforce organizations around the country who are there to serve dislocated workers, adults, youth, uh, any number of people around the region, and many with barriers to employment. So folks who have some challenges that have limited their their career progression. Um, And a lot of folks who are just simply laid off in normal times when a company downsizes or whatever they're going through. And then we're there to help with retraining, to get them back into the workforce and just to help them along their their career. Excellent. Well, this is not the first time. When I first met you years ago, we were in an economic downturn and this, I guess it's safe to say this is not your first rodeo, your vast experience in workforce development and things of that nature. Um, mm-hmm. This is on a national level. And I'd like to know a little bit about the impacts to, that, are, that are unique to San Diego and, and how that's impacting our work right now and what you're hearing. Yeah, this is certainly unprecedented. The, the crisis back in, in 08, 09 with the recession as a result of the financial calamity around the world was was bad. And then there was the stimulus money that came along that was in the neighborhood of about $800 billion that went around the country, some that went to workforce, but much for infrastructure and other uh, shovel-ready projects, as they uh, termed it back in the day, to get people back into the workforce and to spark the economy. This crisis, as we all know, is just so different. It has shut down our our world. And as a result, uh, tens of thousands in our region already have been laid off and businesses have closed their doors. So this this is so unique and something that we're all finding our way every day, trying to figure out the best path forward because a lot of people, a lot of businesses are impacted in ways that we've never imagined. Just a month ago, nobody would have imagined what we're going through right now and nobody can tell what it's going to look like in the, the weeks, months, and really years ahead as we work to recover from this. That's important because right now, I, I believe it's a $2 trillion federal relief and stimulus package right now that our federal government, and uh, this is a direct connection to what you do in, in the Workforce Partnership, 
Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, making an understanding of, okay, it's $2 million, $2 trillion, and, and how that's dispersed? Uh, that's so complex for the rest of us laymen out there that are trying to, where does that go, and how does that all work, and, and what can we expect in the San Diego region? Is that uh, is deployed? Uh, how's that deployed? And, and how does your team kind of uh, react and, and leverage that? Yeah, the, the piece that's going to be earmarked for workforce development and emergency response is in the neighborhood of about 360 million, but that goes across the country. So it's really not nearly going to be enough to, to reach people where they are to address the dramatic economic impact that we're, we're seeing already. It will be helpful in some of the emergency response, but the most important part of the two trillion in my mind, aside from all the social uh, public health matters that have to be addressed on a very emergent basis, is the fact that uh, there will be dollars going directly to uh, people and homes so that they have cash, so that they can continue to get by during these times and get to the grocery store and get the basic needs met. So that's where the the most important investment is being made on the relief end, on the stimulus end of it. That will depend upon how quickly we can come out of the um, social distancing and stay-at-home orders that we all have. Because even when that begins to be lifted, and who knows when that may be, it won't be business as normal. Many businesses just won't come back as a result of having to shut and having to move on to other work or sectors that just won't have the revenue that they had in the past. We don't know what will happen to the restaurant sector and hospitality and tourism, airlines, and and so many others that are going to be in a very new reality once this changes. I can only imagine we're right now through uh, Zoom recording this and and leveraging UCTV. Is your world changed right now being remote, uh, connecting to federal uh, officials? Is that your world right now? Yeah, it sure is. And fortunately, with present day technology, these things are possible. If, boy, if this had happened, say, in 0809, it'd be a very different thing of being able to support uh, people at a distance like this. So the tools uh, are pretty robust for being able to do this, and they're getting better every day. That's enabling us at the, the Workforce Partnership to serve both the impacted employers and laid off workers, because we're there in many ways to do a lot of what we call rapid response, where employers submit the warn notice, the worker adjustment uh, um, and uh, reset uh, notices that have to uh, retraining notices that that they have to submit in normal days when they do a downsizing. And with that, we process those those warn notices and then provide resources to the affected workers so that they know how to access unemployment insurance and an array of other supports. So that's part of where we come in on the the laid off piece. And so there's resources that we can help employers avail themselves of, like through the Small Business Administration and also with the $2 trillion funds that are coming through and how they can make sense of, of how this works. But most, just as importantly, is, is with the uh, laid off workers. The, the good news that's come out of this crisis, if you will, is that the, the restrictions, the, the, the timing of being able to access unemployment insurance has been eased quite a bit. So people can get money in their pockets much more rapidly than they did in the past. And that's important right now because there's so many different uh, individuals that, you know, they're just a paycheck away from right. A, right. Whole, a whole new world. And and I think the st- uh, stats I heard that, you know, 80% are, are, 
or, or more not prepared to go beyond a month uh, right. without a paycheck or so. And so your team, I mean, there, it's safe to say I've got to know quite a few of your professionals that work at the San Diego Workforce Partnership. And you have an array of, of resources that are researchers that are always pulsing what's going on in, in, in the environment. And you have uh, programmatic specialists that cover all the way, frankly, from uh, youth all the way through the lifespan. I guess we could call it twinkle to wrinkle uh, mm-hmm, if we're looking right. through the lifespan. But uh, most recently in our Union Tribune, I, I believe it's Daniel uh, Enemark. He's one of your uh, economic uh, workforce partnership mm-hmm. leads. And he was talking about uh, uh, the direct laid off workers that they're trying to get them to companies like Amazon and, and grocery stores. And he was cautioning that there, there may not be enough jobs uh, coming around. And I just want to get a perspective a little bit more on the outlook and the strategies of how uh, you're kind of an outlook on how people are responding in the workforce role in that. Yes. The, the report that we put out and Danny was the lead author and, and, and with input from uh, a lot of our team members. So it was, um, it was a team effort to be able to, to, to look at what we're seeing in the layoffs and, and then taking a look at a national scale to what kind of response is needed in order to support everyone during such an unprecedented, unknown crisis that we're all facing. So what we did in the report is look at, in our unique economy, every region has its own unique makeup. But in ours, as you know, we have this hourglass-shaped economy with so many jobs, if you will, on the lower income bracket because of hospitality in the service sector and just the nature of what those jobs pay right now. And so that makes up a couple hundred thousand people alone in in the tourism and and service sector. That's an enormous workforce right there. And they're shuttered uh, as we all are, but they're shuttered because they can't do remote work because of the nature of working in a restaurant or a hotel or the very physical nature of those positions. But then it, it seeps all the way through our economy. The, the middle class, many of those jobs, the middle income earners don't have remote, remote work um, in, in the makeup of their work. And so they're simply laid off. In this hourglass, we then have a lot of positions that do very well in the innovation sector, Qualcomm, Illumina, and so many other companies that the remote work is pretty natural just based on, on who they are and how they work and what they're doing. But in the report, in looking at all the sectors and the impact of these different occupations, we identified at least 350,000 people whose jobs are permanently at risk, uh, dependent upon how and when we begin to recover from this incredible time. So it's dramatic. The layoffs have been far more than we've ever seen. We have sadly had to process several hundred war notices, large and small, but you, you see at the convention centers closed the the hotels are closed. Everything is closed and the, the employers don't have much alternative other than to close. Uh, in the $2 trillion relief and stimulus package, there are some protections around trying to uh, empower employers to keep employees on their payroll, but they can't do that for perpetuity. And we don't know when any of this is going to begin to end. And and all we have to do is watch the news and see that the outlook uh, on the state level and the federal level is quite grim. And even when that curve begins to flatten, who knows when it will literally be safe for us to go back out and 
and meet and network and dine out and shop like we used to. So uh, we're we're all in this together. That's as grim as that is, as as real and as dark as as things are. Uh, the we have to be there at the workforce partnership for both the employers and the workers, and we're working to get those resources out in every way possible to find new resources as well, because there will be some emergency grants that will come through the state, uh, through the feds. We have to compete for those because they're not always just disseminated across the country. So that'll be uh, a bit of a um, a challenge for all in the workforce system. But at the workforce partnership here in, in our region at, at, at where we are, we, we've expanded quite a bit in recent years. So we have much more than federal funds that back what we do. So we have county and city contracts and state dollars. The private sector has supported us handsomely and actually philanthropy has come on board in a big way too. And it's really heartening to see when those funders actually are reaching out to us now saying, what can we do to help? So just in the past few days, several of our philanthropy partners have have written or called saying, uh, we have some more resources for you to deploy however you see fit. And that's a wonderful thing for our region. So we'll be able to do that more nimbly and creatively to be able to put in place ways to support, again, our entire workforce, employers and employees. Wonderful. And you know, I know this, uh, as as all of us have this, the human side of this, and with your leadership role, I can only imagine what you and your team are going through, and you see it, and you hear the stories mm-hmm. every day. Um, we talk about the flattening of a curve, and, you know, that these are new words that are coming into our vocabulary, and right now that's been associated with the coronavirus, but I, I guess in, in a sense, there's also a flattening of curve of workforce, and, and the spike mm-hmm. of losing jobs, and so many of our uh, greater San Diego and across the country are, are, are furloughed. They, they've lost their job. They, there's uncertainty. And I think this is that moment, you know, I'm sure you're getting these calls and the question comes up is uh, right now, what are the first things that someone should, should be doing if they become employed during this pandemic? Well, that's a great question. And it's number one, uh, get that unemployment insurance, get the dollars flowing. And again, I'm, heartened that the federal government has put that in that bill. So there will be dollars coming to people. So that's going to be an important lifeline so that people can get their groceries and, and meet the rent obligations and everything else. So on the, on the very core level, get the dollars that are out there. Work with us if you're confused around the unemployment insurance system. We have specialists a phone call away who are, are there to navigate all the way through. Once the basics are settled and and that's going to be hard for many because we are all now homeschooling and we're all trying to figure out what was unthinkable just weeks ago but if you if you saw on the news the governor has already closed schools for the remainder of the school year so it's now official and that for some families is is very manageable for others it's just overwhelming and so there's mental health resources out there, too. I think that's critical to have people tap into. The county and the city have been very aggressive in putting out good information. So either right through our site where we link to them, workforce.org is a is a one-stop place to go to, and that can help anybody figure out where do I turn, how do I get more help and resource. And 
211, as you know, our, our great friends in town do fantastic work. They're a phone call away. Three simple numbers, 211. So getting that in place is is critical because we're all trying to just navigate and get stable during a very hard time. Once you get past that point and if things are as stable as they can be, the the very forward-thinking thing to do for all workers is to think about, will my my job be there in the months to come? Maybe it won't be. And if it won't be, what can I do now to prepare myself for perhaps another career? That's where we come in on a normal basis, day in and day out, where people come to us who either have been laid off or they're just in their career and they've decided they want to do something else and they reach out for retraining support. So we have some federal dollars that we call ITAs or individual training accounts that some people can qualify there. There's not endless dollars there at all, but if you go through our site and connect to a career center, you can explore to see if there's some funds there. There's also other resources online for self-learning and self-training that we're working on aggregating. So we want to have that as a part of our site as well. So people can tap into well, there's LinkedIn Learning, for example. Those things are not free, and we're trying to figure out the best resources to get to people where they can really use this time in a way to acquire some some new skills, brush up on things that may be rusty, and then they're going to be even more well-positioned for the jobs that will begin to come back when we get past this. Yeah, and that's that's so important right now, and uh, and for our viewers – uh, we hope to get aggregation of these resources. We'll have at the end of this program some numbers to call. And uh, in fact, one of the things that has uh, surfaced, and I think was also in the recent article with the UT, is this new partnership urging workers to consider this concept called earn and learn. It's, uh, I understand, is a training uh, stipend for people to learn new skills, high growth, high wage. Um, in fact, I understand there's a workforce, workforce.org slash COVID dash 19. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about that program? Yeah, the, we have some resources that will um, unfortunately go quickly, but this is around the on-the-job training type of dollars that come our way. And uh, they are there for for a segment of the population that qualifies. So these are folks who are going to need some extra support. And based upon income and other socioeconomic status. We want to be able to help people do that. But the uniqueness of that right now is where are those jobs? And we know so much has dried up, but grocery stores are hiring and Amazon and and, and other essential services are still hiring, but those jobs are going to be few and far between. Uh, but they're there and work with us, reach out, go to our site and through workforce.org, we have those links that you mentioned, Ed, where they can go to a simple button for, for employers and another one for the employees. And so then there's an array of distinct resources for each and what it, what it means. And then within each calling our organization and we can connect you with a live person who can help a person navigate through all the different options that there may be if it's the if it's the earn and learn opportunities or if it's uh, another thing that we're offering currently and as this unfolds these things will be changing pretty fluidly just like the whole situation is yeah that's so important i uh, i think uh workforce partnership has been around for, for several years now in, in being able to help folks. And 
uh, you know, what a great resource that we have that makes us unique in our region. Uh, definitely going to workforce.org and connecting with the resources. And I think you mentioned this earlier. I mean, this is, is a period of time where some people with no fault of their own, there, there's some stigma and, and there's some mental issues. There's some anxiety that go around uh, this transition coping mechanisms, uh, transition and uh, uh, even staying at home. I mean, this is testing of the bars of, Marriage and families. Uh, I joke sometimes with my friends. My wife says, "How can I miss you if you won't go away?" You know, the, <laughs> having those introverts and extroverts, yes. uh, and and being a family together is tough. And I think all this is part of that tapestry of of support that two one one, the workforce partnership, and we're so fortunate uh, to have these resources in the San Diego region. Um, I should also note that the workforce partnership Howard designed. Uh, being the workforce is different from uh, what I understand, let's say Atlanta and other workforce investment boards, maybe speak a little bit about the uniqueness, how that came about, because that, that's a unique feature, isn't it, for San Diego? Uh, it is very much. In the 550 workforce entities in this system across the country, many are a part of a, a city or county as a department. And so they largely may just be stewarding the dollars that come from the feds and then get it out to community partners. And that's really an important essential work that we do as well because the federal dollars come in. We fund that out to a, a variety of nonprofits in the region who then are conducting the day-to-day -day work. And then we work with them on program design and ensuring uh, good outcomes and, and so forth. That's That's the core piece of the federal investment. But Years ago, we were also formed as a 501c3. So we're a joint powers authority. The city and the county came together and formed this partnership, which we're that joint powers authority, but we're an independent C3. And because of that, which only makes up about a quarter of the 550 workforce entities in the country, that independence allows us then to work with and receive these other funds that we've we've grown into in a really um, substantial way in recent years. Again, the private sector and philanthropy. If we weren't a C3, we wouldn't be doing a lot of that work. We wouldn't be half the staff that we are now. So we're a, a much larger team than most workforce entities. Many of them might be in the neighborhood of five to 10 staff who are doing this important work of stewarding that federal uh, dollar. In our case, we're up around 90 staff now because we have a full research team and a communications team and IT and and the uh, the other important members of our team who are doing direct services as well as the funded program. So we've diversified a lot. That gives us more stability and strength to be able to to work in new and unique ways uh, that go beyond the the federal intent of of workforce development, and it's not just a staff, if I understand, because all this is money is coming. People may be thinking and watching this, going, "Wow, that's a lot of money coming in," and you've got your staff and you as our leader in this realm. But you also have a, a board of governance structure, and maybe you could tell us a little bit about their role and the makeup of that board, because yeah. it's not just yeah. you and isolation, uh, isolation I, I would, I would, right. I would venture. Yeah, that's a, a great question because our governance is, is unique in that we have a two board structure and it works very well. Uh, we have a large typical 501c3 nonprofit that makes up about 30 members. And that's a great size because we cover the entire region and, and we need representation across all sectors and that board, by laws, need, needs to be made up of at least 51% private sector. But then we have organized labor. We have 
economic development. We have city representation, county, and, and, and so forth. And these are all community leaders who care passionately about, about doing the work that we do and being able to empower people to get into in-demand careers and to have great careers. So we have leaders. Our current board chair, for example, is the COO of Kaiser Permanente, uh, Sammy Toton. He's been a fabulous chair who's helped uh, open up new doors of opportunity in the healthcare sectors, things like that that have been great. And our friend Phil Blair with Manpower, who's been on for a number of years, and he's connected us to many other sectors that we otherwise wouldn't be connected with. So those community connections help us uh, support the workers to get great jobs. And so they're a very important element of what we do. The second board is this Joint Powers Authority that I mentioned. So we call it the policy board. That's made up of five members, uh, four of whom are elected leaders in our region. So we have two city council members, Barbara Bree and Monica Montgomery. And then on the county, county supervisors, Nathan Fletcher and Greg Cox. And then the fifth seat is a representative of the United Way as a community member seat. And, and that's Jacob Richards with California Bank and Trust. So these boards work really in tandem to ensure that we're able to advance the work and be creative and innovative and impactful and help set ideas and goals and, and, and make things happen. So we're, we're blessed to have that, that, that two-board system. Well, you mentioned Phil Blair, and he's no stranger to the uh, Career mm-hmm. Channel and, and does uh, a lot of work with us. Uh, and, uh, you know, your daily conversations with uh, elected officials, uh, leaders of companies, uh, I imagine the EDC and others, um, but kind of going into uh, something a little bit more close to home with workforce partners, how has this impacted your staff? It's, yeah, it's tough on everyone. Uh, we honestly, we can't and shouldn't complain. We're employed and and we're able to do this work. At the same time, it is tough. So I, I don't want to discount that because it's, it's a unique stress uh, for the team. Uh, seeing so many warn notices and layoffs is, is heartbreaking. We're hearing from employers who are just distraught and employees who don't know where to turn. And that takes a real uh, mental and emotional toll. And so we're, we need to support our frontline workers and, and all of our, our team because uh, we're not out of work, but this, this is a unique uh, stressor. So we have to keep our spirits high because we all do. We, this, this too shall pass, as they say, and we, we need to, to band together and be there for everyone in whatever way we can. And we don't want anybody to lose hope because this pandemic will move on. It, it's going to take some time. It's so unique. But um, as a community, I think it can pull us all together, even though we can't be together. But there's ways that we can as a community with community spirit and hope and connection to to get through what are really scary times. There is no doubt that this is going to be impacting our economy and uh, uh, impacting our lives in general. And I think uh, what you provide is a, a sense of hope and, and uh, knowing you and working with you, there's, it, there's messages you've always said, we'll get through this. Uh, we, mm-hmm. as, as state of California is, is a very strong uh, state um, I'm, I'm very proud of, of the work we've done, and I know we're very fortunate to have the Workforce Partnership um, and uh, all the leadership that you've provided, along with our elected officials and others, that we uh, go into the overall mosaic uh, of, of responding to this. Um, is there any other thoughts that you'd like to close with uh, before uh, 
I would just close with a couple of remarks in terms of resources. Any other final parting thoughts that you'd like to communicate to our viewers? A couple of things. Um, we continue to enjoy our relationship with UCSD Extension. You guys have been great in our our ITA income sh- or ISA rather I income share agreement project, and that that is one great innovation in our field. That's even more relevant now because of the stay at home orders, and because of the model that we set up together, we're still educating people who uh, are are stuck at home, and so that model and more of that in in, in time to come is. Uh, is really where we're, we'll be going as as an economy, as as a workforce system, so that we can prepare and train workers wherever they are to get in demand jobs. So we appreciate your partnership, and as you know, with the the ISA project, we're the first and only one like this in the country. So that um, has really paid off, and it's going great. Our, our cohort is. Coming, our first cohort is coming soon to graduation, so we're excited for what that means for them. And those positions, as you know, of the first cohort are all in different IT tracks. So these jobs are going to be more equipped for the remote work landscape of the future. So I'm, I'm really heartened by that, and we just need to lean in even harder on that work in the future because that's where our world will go. And again, coming back to... Where we are, it's we're going to look back at this time in years to come as one of the most unique times in in history. It is it is remarkable on every level, and keep your spirits high wherever you are. Help your neighbor, help yourself, and if you can find time to do some reskilling, retraining while you're at home and and after the dog walk or the cat, you know, time whatever it may be, or with your family. Take some time for yourself to find resources to enhance your own skills. You never know what the world may may be when we get back to where we want to be, but be prepared for that. And and if you can lean into that, I think you're going to be in, in even better shape once we begin to come out of this. Well, first of all, I just want to thank you, Peter. Uh, I think some of the messages are uh, really comforting for us right now. Uh, I would just extend an invitation to welcome you back on the Career Channel so that perhaps we can get some updates as we go through this period. Um, I also want to remind everyone, 211 is a resource and uh, workforce.org, uh, the resources that uh, Peter alluded to, um, they're available. And, and two uh, other quick things, if I may. The the food bank, you know, is doing a drive and they have more need than ever before. So the San Diego Food Bank and our friend Jim Flores, who's the CEO there, has a lot of need from monetary to virtual food drives to in-person if that's possible and that may be changing because of the dynamics of this. And the blood bank, they, they need blood and you can safely go and, and, and donate during these times. So those are two important community resources that people can, can support right now. Well said. And I think, uh, you know, what you're communicating is we all have a, a part and, uh, uh, we've heard it on the news, you know, what I do affects you and vice versa. But that also is not just pandemic related. It's also just that spirit of coming together as one. And mm-hmm. Peter, I, I just can't thank you enough for your uh, words of wisdom, so insight and resources. And uh, certainly looking forward to connecting with you again here on the Career Channel. Anytime, Ed. Thank you.